Eli Drinkwitz talked about how the Missouri defense wasn't going to discover some magical new coverage, but what if it rediscovered an old coverage? Let's talk about that right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And just a quick reminder, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100 daily fantasy sports made easy. And certainly the Missouri Tigers made it look easy against the Gamecocks on Saturday, and they were awarded justly 16th now in both the AP and coaches' top 25 polls. Well, coincidentally, perhaps, that's exactly where I voted Missouri in the preseason poll over at Locked On, was mocked by some on the internet. Well, who's doing the mocking now? Yeah, this guy with the microphone and two thumbs. But you know what? (laughs) Before I break my arm patting myself on the back too hard, I want to make a couple quick corrections here at the top. I I did sort of mislead people yesterday on the show into thinking that, oh, well, Vanderbilt is Missouri and Georgia's only common opponent. That was just bad broadcasting by me. Didn't mean to say that. What I meant to say is it was one of their common opponents, the one where they had the most common results. But obviously, Missouri and Georgia have also played Kentucky and South Carolina, as many of you pointed out as well. So my my mistake there for sure. And also, one thing I did forget is that Xavier Leggett did leave that that Missouri-South Carolina game with an injury. So regardless, when he was in there, I felt like Missouri did a great job on him. And clearly, the Missouri defense did an excellent job in general. It's best, I would say, single performance of the entire season. Obviously, the first quarter of against Kentucky was not great. The last three quarters were great. So you're talking seven quarters in a row of great football here from the Missouri defense. And Eli Drinkwitz talked a lot about how, hey, we just got to communicate better, tackle better. That was basically the subtext of his comments when he was saying, hey, there's not some magical scheme or coverage out there that's going to fix everything. Well, I I agreed with that in sentiment, but also I do think Missouri, after going back and watching my end zone footage more carefully. Actually, I think Missouri did rediscover what it was defensively last season, and that's mostly a single high safety, hard man-to-man, press man-to-man coverage team, an aggressive team in man-to-man coverage. And guess what happens? When all you do is get after the quarterback and blitzes and guard your man, well, that's pretty simple football. And that's something that Missouri did well for the most part last year. And obviously, they did it really well against South Carolina. Certainly, there were some different looks at times, a couple zone looks thrown in here and there, mostly in passing down situations. But even then, when they played zone, like I said, in a passing down type situation, a third and long You're almost always just going to want to keep your man in front of you. 
at that point. So again, I, I just think that all of that really simplified all of the assignments for Missouri and just allowed these guys to just go out and play instinctual, basic football. And to me, the results were, were obvious. I thought Missouri played excellent defense very much because of that. Now, obviously, Ennis Rakestraw being back, despite the fact that he played a relatively limited snap count for him, played about 45 or so, 50 snaps, I think, just under 50 snaps. Normally, he'd play all all 69 or however many there were in the ball game. But good to see him out there. You actually saw him and Chris Abrams drain a few times on the same side of the field, which was interesting. The wide side of the field, drain would be on the boundary, Abrams drain in the slot. Again, I said Missouri played a lot of dime defense against South Carolina. Not sure we'll see as much dime against Georgia, but you know what? If I'm a Georgia coach, after we've gotten past presumably Georgia's going to beat Florida this weekend. We'll see. You never know what can happen in this crazy world of college football, especially in a rivalry game like that. But certainly, I suspect Georgia will take care of business against the Gators. But once they get past that, if I'm a Georgia coach, I'm watching the Missouri-South Carolina film. I'm thinking, you know what? We better run the football early because I think if we pass it too much, I actually think we're playing into Missouri's into Missouri's hands a little bit because really South Carolina ran the ball fairly fairly effectively with Mario Henderson their running back they just didn't get as enough opportunities to do it arguably didn't do it early enough in the game just to take pressure off of Rattler and that Gamecock passing game because every single time go back and watch the film Rattler has nowhere to go with the football, and he's often under complete and utter pressure, too. But even when he had a couple seconds or three seconds to process something, well, all he could process was, hey, it's man-to-man coverage and none of my guys are open. And apparently, especially with Leggett off the field, there weren't really any receivers that he trusted to just go make something happen and to try to throw them open. So huge credit to the Missouri defense of course, and again, if I'm Georgia, you better run that football because you got to make Missouri pay before playing man-to-man coverage some way or another. The best way, certainly LSU did it, was running with their quarterback. And scrambles by the quarterback, that's something that can eat up a man-to-man coverage at times. But again, with the type of pressure Missouri was putting on, though, it's going to be interesting to see this matchup. Carson Beck is not a bad runner by any means. He's no Jaden Daniels, but but who really is? So I, I'm just really interested to see how this matchup plays out for about a thousand different reasons, but the X's and O's of it are really interesting too. And with Georgia's tight end Brock Bowers almost certainly out for the Missouri game, you got to think Dominic Lovett is going to be a big factor for Georgia in the passing game. He's a slot player. Of course, for Missouri, was he is down at Georgia, too. How much will Chris Abrams drain or more likely Ennis Rakestraw match up with him in the slot? Does that take Missouri out of what it wants to do in terms of defending the run game? Just so many different pulls and pushes, gives and takes, and cat and mouse games in this football game. I, I just continue to think that you look at Missouri on film, especially after this game, what is the real weakness with the Tigers right now? They don't have any glaring ones at the moment. A team that's relatively healthy and playing its best football right now. 
I think I think Missouri may just give Georgia all it could handle here in a couple weeks. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Missouri's just playing really nice football right now. They seem to be getting better every week. And, you know, I've talked a lot lately about how it'd maybe be nice if we would have a second running back on the Tigers, right? No offense to Cody Schrader whatsoever. Uh, just at a certain point, I wonder if we're just going to run him off off of run too many too much tread off the tracks is what I'm trying to say there's just there's only so many carries you can get before you start to wear down during a college football season well it turns out maybe Brady Cook is really Missouri's second running back so I want to talk about that coming right up but now it is time for your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company And much like Blake Baker, Mizzou's defensive coordinator, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And Blake Baker, again, this week, I thought really changed the game. Really the last couple weeks, if the first half of the season was Missouri trying to figure out exactly what they are defensively, I think we figured it out now for the back half of the season. And you know what I figured out? Athletic Brewing Company is fit for all time. So you can drink them anywhere, anytime, and make any activity even more enjoyable, like, of course, watching the Tigers or your kids' game, for that matter, and no hangovers ever. So you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Despite a quad injury that's been lingering for a few weeks now, Cody Schrader just seems to get better like this Missouri team with each and every week. It's really impressive. Again, you go back and I went back and watched closely anyway, and you realize, man, Cody was making some good runs on Saturday. Obviously, his offensive line in particular, I think, the right, the right, or excuse me, the left tackle, Javon Foster, the left guard, Xavier Delgado, did really nice jobs at time of opening up some massive holes for Schrader. But there were some other runs that, man, he just made nice cuts and found some really tiny holes for big gains and first downs. So an excellent job by Schrader. He said, quote, first off, I got to shout out our training staff. I've been here 12 hours every single day, and these guys are staying after hours to put extra work on my body, help me out. So we have one of the best training staffs in the country. So you got to love Schrader's work ethic, number one, and you got to love him giving some love to that training staff too. Those people are truly unsung heroes as part of this football team, without a doubt, any football team out there, without question. And, you know, speaking of that training staff, well, obviously I'm sure they've been working on Brady Cook's knee since he suffered some type of hyperextension 
something, some type of tweak to his knee against Kansas State in week three. And, well, he's continued to run the ball these past few weeks, but I really thought against South Carolina, I thought his legs looked great. He looked like he was back, back to about as close to 100% as he's going to get. He made at least a couple guys miss in the open field, including on a scramble where he got a first down down the sidelines and then later a touchdown run in the game as well. So I think against Georgia, you're going to need to see Brady Cook run the ball maybe 10-plus times if Missouri is going to win that game. I think you got to take some pressure off of those, well, still recovering, but obviously very effective legs of Cody Schrader and just you know, put give give that Georgia defense something to think about on the backside of those stretch plays, for instance. I will say Brady Cook and Cody Schrader's continued emergence here as stars of the SEC here, really, in 2023. It's interesting because it makes me pine for another spring game. I hope Missouri actually has a spring game that's open to the public in 2024 because I keep thinking back to the 2022 spring game, and really my biggest takeaways from that game were that, hey, this Brady Cook guy looks like he can throw the ball downfield pretty darn well, actually. It's not just dink and dunk like we mostly saw in that bowl game the previous season. Well, that turned out to be true, ultimately, while Cook obviously struggled through a bit of a shoulder injury last season, a, a labrum injury that required surgery this past offseason, Well, he's looking pretty good throwing balls down the field now, for sure, to the point where, if anything, I'd like to see Missouri do that more, especially in terms of play-action shots against Georgia here upcoming. But the other big takeaway was, hey, this uh, Schrader kid, the, the Truman State kid, Yeah, he looks pretty doggone good here. I understand he's going against a lot of second stringers right now defensively and all that good stuff, but man, he is running hard and getting good, tough yardage. That was an obvious takeaway, I think, from anybody who attended that ball game. So as much as you want to take spring football with a grain of salt, there was some stuff to learn from that game. So hopefully 2024 won't just be rained out. Maybe we can at least go inside that glittering new indoor practice facility, something? Come on, help me out here, this 24, Eli Drinkwitz. And as Gary Pinkle used to like to say, the teams that win in November will be remembered. And indeed, Missouri's next football game will be in November. Tigers currently 45-1 to to win the SEC over at FanDuel Sportsbook, 400-1. to to win the national title. Now, my question is for the sake of discussion, what will those odds be if Missouri were to beat Georgia in a couple weeks? Well, certainly to win the SEC, it'd have to be then less than 10 to 1, right? So if you think Missouri has a chance to beat Georgia, maybe you bet that now before it goes down, or maybe just plunk down a bunch of money on Missouri to beat Georgia in the money line, if you really think that way. So I actually, my point here there is in terms of value, as long as that seems, I think that's just reflective of how long the odds, at least Vegas thinks right now, my friends at FanDuel Sportsbook think the odds are of Missouri actually beating Georgia. I think our odds are better than that. Certainly wouldn't say that it's even by any stretch of the imagination. I just think this Missouri team is even better than what the odds makers think right now. And I think it's a relatively decent matchup 
for Missouri. And so far as anybody really matches up against the elite two-time defending national champions of Georgia, I think Missouri matches up okay with them. I really do. And since we're talking about getting late into the season and odds and all that good stuff, well, it is interesting that we really don't have what I would say is a serious odds-on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy at this point, especially after Caleb Williams was the odds-on favorite for basically the entire season. Well, USC suffered its second loss. Now Williams is 100-1 to to win the trophy. Just doesn't seem like there's any chance he's going to be the winner now. Jalen Milrow, can't see that happening, even if Alabama goes undefeated. He just hasn't been good enough. Jaden Daniels, well, they still have to win a lot of important games. You know, that gives, that brings me to somebody who's a long pick, a real long shot for the trophy, a certain quarterback from a certain team in a certain state called Brady Cook, ladies and gentlemen, 250 to 1 that Brady Cook wins the Heisman Trophy. Now, let's be real. In order for this to happen, Missouri's going to have to win the SEC. So, if you're thinking value, if you think there's any shot that Missouri wins the SEC, I'll be honest, I'd rather have Brady Cook to win the Heisman at 250 to 1 than Missouri at 45 to 1 to win the conference. That seems like much better value because actually I think there's a world if if Missouri actually won the SEC. Again, we're getting wildly hypothetical here, folks. This is all barroom discussions here between me and you. Don't go putting this out on the interwebs or anything like that. But 250 to 1 just in terms of pure value, can I put a dollar on it just for the fun of it? Yeah, sure, why not? And coming up, I want to show you why Mookie Cooper has been such a vital part of this Missouri passing game so far, including why he helped set up that early Luther Burden deep shot for a touchdown, by the way. But first, I want to tell you about prize picks because prize picks is the most fun. I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. It's really as simple as that, and with quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, that's exactly what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And you can select players in the same game, opposing games, or heck, Spread them out over the entire Sunday. It's all up to you. Just go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. prizepicks.com slash college. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks daily fantasy sports made easy. So when Mookie Cooper first arrived at Missouri a couple seasons ago, I think even Eli Drinkwitz admitted that he probably miscast, misused Mookie a little bit as sort of the focus of the offense, in particular because Mookie did suffer an ankle injury leading into that season that limited him for seemingly the entire year. He just never really got off on the right foot in that season. But now in year three here with Missouri, I think Cooper is absolutely found his niche, especially considering, well, when the defense is very much focused on Luther Burden, you've got Theo Weiss, 
very much cemented in the in the Missouri defense on the outside for the most part. Well, Cooper can just kind of do his thing on crossing routes, on little quick outs, getting him in space and using his quickness and his elusiveness in space to pick up extra yardage, including as I'm going to show you here early in this ball game. So you'll see number five here, Mookie Cooper, start to come in motion. And as he does so, you'll see number zero for South Carolina, the middle linebacker, come with him. Just a quick out here by Brady Cook. Not even really the greatest throw in terms of trying to get Cooper the best opportunity he can to get away from the defender here. But what does Cooper do? Even kind of pinned up against the sidelines. Well, he makes this guy miss pretty easily and makes what would be a fairly pedestrian five, six yard gain, gets another four or five out of it, and most importantly, a first down. That's just something I've seen Cooper do time and time again all season including on this next snap here. Let's just roll to it here. Indeed, here we go. Once again, Cooper on the outside this time. Just a quick, simple little crossing route here. Once again, a linebacker. Well, number five should be able to tackle him, right? He's got the angle, but no. Again, what should be just a simple little three, four-yard gain. Cooper just has too much speed here. Very simple, easy completion here for Brady Cook that ends up in a first down. So that's just easy money plays right there. Two early first downs on this drive. Now all of a sudden, if you're South Carolina, you're going, man, we got to worry about this little guy underneath. Well, how exactly are we going to defend that? Well, maybe your safety, number one here at the top. Let's go to another snap here. He's your single high safety essentially here. Well, what happens? He ends up peaking here a little bit, doesn't he? Instead of being worried about getting deep over the top of Luther Burden, one of the best players in the entire country, number one gets caught peaking a little bit as guess who? Another Missouri offensive player is coming across the field on a drag route. Hey, guess what? It's not Mookie Cooper. It's actually Theo Weiss. But the point is, number one is now worried about that intermediate part of the field, the short passing game opens up just enough of a step for Burden to get over the top of this player. Nice throw by Cook. Even better catch by Burden, I would say, for a touchdown for the Tigers. And thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. And thanks, as always, for telling a friend that we are free and available wherever you get audio podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you can possibly imagine, of course, on YouTube as well, and ad-free on Amazon Music for all you Prime subscribers out there. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks as always for listening to Locked on Mizzou.